Yo, I put it like wow, this that sound These oaks don't work hard like me, I hope they know by now Bail, bail, stand my ground Throw these money trees, go overseas like Percy Tow I make sure you stay around, quiet when I'm under loud No negatives allowed, me positivity took a vow I always play to win, don't anticipate loss Mind always in the clown, my boy Never think about the drop, never ever ever think about the drop Welcome to it, sports fans. It is the MKT show with me, MKT. I'm not in a, I'm not in a bedroom at my friend's house, um, so I, I don't have to talk like, like I make a sexual podcast. You know what I mean? A lot of people saying a bedroom voice, your voice is too soft. I was at a mate's house, and his parents and his nephews were sleeping upstairs in George, but I'm not in George anymore. I'm recording this in a car. I'm in a car. In Natus Valley, which is one of the most beautiful places in the Republic of South Africa, if you ever come to South Africa or you are South African, I would highly recommend it. I am working over the next few days at the Otter African Trail Run, one of the sweetest races and one of the most incredible trails. It's one of the most protected trails in the world. And I'm not just saying that so that people go, oh, you're such a proud South African. Brings a tear to my eye. This is what Madiba died for. You, you know, in South Africans can get a little, you know, in all of our load shedding and all of that stuff. We, we, we try and stay positive. You know what I mean? Try, try and put a positive spin on things as I sit in a car. So they get a bit nostalgic and they start going on about Madiba. And, and generally, <laughs> generally... It, there's always two scenarios, right? It's always if a black guy sounds like me, so a little bit of the what is called that accent sounds like a white, or if a black person and a and a white person are friends and they're like sort of on my age, thirty seven, thirty eight, you know, white parents will always go, "Oh, this is the country that Madiba fought for, you guys," you know, so. We, we always get a little nostalgic in and around that. But it really is one of the most protected trails in the world. Even if it wasn't in South Africa, I I work at trail races across the country. And I know everybody in, in this thing, in this game in South Africa. It is an incredibly protected uh, space for multiple reasons. Um, and And not largely commercial, which is a rather interesting one. The people down here are already rich in nature's valley so they don't need anyone's money they just love the nature so anywho then again everything's about commercial gain but down here they really just do protect it because we're already rich so we don't need the money we just love the nature so if you have the chance to come and check it out it doesn't need to be the otter trail tsitsugama storms river uh, nature's valley all of them bangers and i don't work for anyone down here i'm just telling you it's been incredible. By the way, it's been incredible to be on a holiday. I've been on, like, genuinely, the last four days, I did nothing. I mean, obviously, I was running, because you know what, I'm training. Bit of a change there in the race schedule. More on that a bit later. Uh, nearly nearly, nearly messed up some work, because I was going to run a 100 miler on the day I needed to be working at a different event. 
But I'll talk about that in another podcast. Hysterical how I found out. Hysterical when I called the race owner where I'm working. Did that yesterday. Anywho, anywho, not in a bedroom. Not in a bedroom. I'm in a car. I'm in a car. I'm in a friend of mine's car. Uh, we drove down here together. So I was in George. I'm now in Nature's Valley. Not that you care where you are. You're probably going, Brew, just talk about the football. Like, I don't listen to this podcast to hear where you are. Just because you're in a car, I don't need to know. I don't actually care. Some people are saying right now. into the They're, they're like, Brew, get to the football. You're like, I don't care if you're in the mouth of a whale. You know, which is not a metaphor. Some sort of sexual metaphor. Uh, who was that guy in the book? Was it Jonah? J- Joshua? It was with a J. Guy was in... Uh, very weird, you know, how he never got... Uh, so, they're mammals, first and foremost. So, their digestive enzymes must be insane. Because their stomachs really are just massive versions of ours. Because we, we've got... Can you imagine the, the digestive enzymes that a whale must have so Jonah or Joshua or whatever his name is got swallowed by I'm not I'm not sort of I'm not saying some of the stuff in the Bible's not true because I'm not religious but I'm just saying that one just knowing a little bit about nature and how and knowing a little bit about chemistry right and physiology and the digestive tract mammalian one in particular and by the way whales are mammals our cousins it's an interesting one how he survived in there because according to the storybook he survived in there so not really sure how i got into blasphemy but just thought i'd share that story because it was how i was feeling while sitting in a car people are going brew no one cares get to the football all right welcome to the mk t-shirt we'll start the show now now that you were now, now that you know I'm sitting in a car somewhere. Uh, what are we talking about today? Uh, Man United lost to Galatasaray. I'll tell you why Man United fans should not be upset. But I'll explain to you why they're upset, and then I'll tell you why they should not be upset. Should not be upset. Um, tell you what, MKT at the MKT show, I do have a fantastic email. From a Man United fan. I'll read that at some stage. It's too good for me to do on the run here. Because I'm mucking about. I'll tell you what. Sunday I'm in Cape Town. So the next podcast that comes out on Monday. I will be at a solid base. Where I'll read the email. And uh, we'll be back to. You know being on solid ground. Being on solid ground. Where I can just speak like a normal person. So uh, I'll tell you about that. Uh, MKT at the MKT show. If you want to send an electronic mail. That's if you want to do a long rant. If you just want to chit-chat, slide in the DMs at MKT Inspires. By the way, on the TikToker, if you're on TikTok, follow me on TikTok. I'm trying to put out a little bit more content. Chelsea reviews largely. I'm not doing dance stuff. I'm not a... You know what it is. You know what it is. I'm the... I think I'm... Like, honestly speaking, I, I don't really like empty compliments. So I'm not doing this for... Oh, no, but you are. I think I'm the right level of looks where I'm not, I'm not, I'm not handsome enough to be intimidating, but I'm not ugly enough to be off-putting. You know what I mean? I think I've got the perfect balance of like, oh, okay, 
well, I wouldn't go for him, but he's it's fine. Like, it doesn't offend my eyes. I think I'm the right balance of mediocrity in terms of looks to be on social media. Because I think if you're too good-looking, people hate you. And if you're ugly, people will be ugly to you. So I fall just... I probably fall on closer to the uglier side than handsome. So it's almost like I can occupy the sympathy position where girls will go, uh, yeah, you know, and guys will be like, ah, what does he have to say? You know, because then I'm not a threat. So I'm on TikTok and happy to show my face for those reasons. We're being real here. Let's keep it real, guys. You know, and I, I don't want any messages going, yeah, but no, you are quite like, no, let's not do that. We're just doing what we're doing. Anyway, point is, MKT inspires TikTok. I'm on TikTok. I'm on the TikTok monster. All right, let's get into the show. Um, got a message about breaking down the VAR thing. Obviously, the Liverpool Liverpool had a full-on strop. And as a Chelsea fan, I just want to say, where was this energy when Lukaku was clearly onside in the League Cup final? Oh, you know what? New information changes uh, it should change your mind. So fair enough. Whatever they they updated their resume. It Liverpool only seemed to really care now. The very same Jurgen Klopp who was the manager of Liverpool when Lukaku was clearly on side did not ask for a replay then. But you know, perhaps in time he's become wiser. Now, objectively speaking, uh, VAR. I'm not going to break down the whole conversation. It's a bit boring. Sky Sports have done it. But let's just let's look at what happened. And compare it to our own lives. You know, we all work in businesses. Um, Some people work at the very finest banking institutions who have great ops people, great ops systems. Hundreds of years of research R&D has been done uh, into, you know, in this day and age, thanks to the military, you've got specialization in agile systems. So, I mean, the one we all know, right, that, that the military sort of gave us is the scrum um, sort of management system, blah, blah, blah. It's very boring. I've been doing a lot of reading over the... Well, not a lot, but some reading about these things. And what these things do, why ops people are important, is it's not for when things are going well. You don't need systems for when things are going well. What you need systems for is for the inevitable inevitable frailty of humanity. It's called making mistakes, right? We're all deeply flawed. Elon Musk makes mistakes, you know what he needs as a safety barrier? He needs a modus operandi that is out of his hands and a chain of command that'll go boom, boom, boom. If it's a crisis, we deal with it this way. No one has to think. Michelle in Sector 3 will put out this message like this. All right? And if you work in crisis comms, if you work in banking, they have all of these systems. Not for when things are going well. That's not what systems are for. Systems offer when things are going badly. What you saw with VAR in the Liverpool thing was no system because things went badly and there was no mechanism to cover up for what we all are mistake prone. Every single human being, even high functioning people, make lots of mistakes every single day. But great ops, great systems, great modeling covers up for that. Because we have ways of going, it's okay, we thought about this, here's how we get back on track. 
right? Here's how we do better next time. Here's, and this is how you build models, right? And this is how models get cleverer and better. And this is how you help people to do better and analyze their mistakes and do better in the future. But what you saw in that, right? The panic, the, you know, there was no system for the VAR officials to go, we've made a mistake. Stop. This is the most important thing you can do. It was actually a goal. There was just a human communication error. But because this VAR thing has never actually been put under pressure, right? Yesterday was the first time we're going, let's see exactly what's going on here. And what it showed you was that VAR has not been thought through at all. Because in other sport, it's very, very clear. In the NFL, they take an ad break and there are chains of command and there are ways of checking. And if it's on the field and we like it, we don't change it. And if it's not an, an egregious error, we take the time. Now, VAR took the time, but then it didn't have a checklist of, do we all agree that it is not a goal? Yes. Okay. Step number two, do we all agree that we will not give the goal because it is not a goal? Yes. Number three, now, head referee, head VAR person. Have you seen that it is offside and we agree, we all agree that that it's not a goal? Because by then, if you just had that as a stock standard way of checking, checking it through, right? It's called having a system, having a checklist. The head guy would have gone, no, no, guys, he's onside. You guys have said no goal. I don't understand what you mean. Can I just check what you guys mean? Because he's onside, right? Do you mean that we should be giving a goal? Because on the field, it was given offside. But that structure didn't exist to take human frailty out of the way, right? The propensity for making mistakes, which is what you saw on display, and poor communication under pressure. Because that's when systems are excellent. When there's pressure on human beings, if you defer to a system, take it out of the human being's hands, don't make them think. They've trained so much in a system that they just go, they check boxes. It's what you often hear uh, CEOs and coaches who have been trained, public speakers. You often go, oh, that's coach speak. He's not coach speaking. He's got a system of diffusing tense situations by giving you, while well, the boys came for three points. That's PR training. That's systemic thinking. You saw a lack of preparation and just how much of a folly VAR is. And Howard Webb, by the way, we need to ask questions. What the shit are you doing there, bro? What is his job if it is not to find the best ops people to go, that should never be happening? And by the way, by the way, you don't need to reinvent the wheel. Take a little bit from cricket, a little bit from NFL, a little bit from rugby, because they've already built the model. Pay a consultant from every one of those sport to come and help you and go, how do we make sure that we never make a mistake? Which I don't think is that hard, by the way. Like, if you ask the NFL guys, they'll tell you maybe the 10 things you have to consider. You ask the cricket guys, they'll tell you the 10 things you have to consider. You know what I mean? You ask the rugby guys, they say, well, here's the checklists we use. Okay, you know, the rugby ones aren't applicable, but this one might be. The NFL one won't be applicable, won't all be applicable, but these ones might be. And then within three months before the season, you should have had a checklist to make sure that, that it was bulletproof. We're not asking too much 
for you to get that decision right. And there's four of you. Why do you need four of them talking? By the way, we heard three of them, and then there's a head person, by the way, who we didn't hear. How insane is that? How do you get it that wrong, that simply, with four people? But it is the age-old adage, what it made me think about. When you employ too many people to do one person's job, so it's, it's like governments, right? They employ three people to do one person's job. What tends to happen, the human psyche there is, when you employ three people to do one person's job, no one does the job. You saw, you heard that panic because they, they all let someone else take responsibility. That's what, it's just human psyche, right? It's, it's, it's cadre deployment. Absolutely disgusting. And I don't want to break it down. At that level, I'm sorry, guys. Like Howard Webb, there is no excuse. Why are you employed? Because we, we can have no one, right, to be incapable. You can pay me to be the head of PGMOL or whatever, and I could screw it up. What are you being paid for? Is Howard Webb being paid just to have a nice beard, a bald head, and go on, on Sky Sport? Because I could do that. By the way, I could be a screw-up and go on Sky Sport. And maybe grow, a, I can only grow a channel though. I can't grow, grow a proper man's beard. I, I, whatever, you know. I'm not perfect, I'm closer. Uh, it's close, but can't grow a beard, you know what I mean. But I've, I've got a bald big head. Could I be Howard Webb and go and screw things up and do nothing and implement no systems? You could do that. You, literally, you could do that. You, Michelle, at home. You, Skumbuzo, at home. I mean, those hypothetical people. I don't even know if there's a Michelle or a Skumbuzo who listens to the show, but you know what I'm saying. You could do that. Absolutely disgusting. So those VAR officials did not fail. They were failed by the lack of a system. In pressure moments, you need what we call SOPs, Standard Operating Practices. That's what you need. They call them SOPs in corporate. It's, a, it's an acronym, you know what I mean? S-O-P-S. Standard Operating Practices or Standard Operating Procedures. Credible. Shambles. What an absolute shambles. Now, working off that, Jürgen reckons the only fair way would be a replay. Like, Jürgen, f- first of all, let's just calm down. Because Jürgen does this all the time. Like, oh, I'm not going to comment. I'm not angry at anybody. But the only fair way would be to have a replay. I mean, this guy. You know, the problem with that is we're now headed towards a place. Because once you crack that open and you let the lawyers at it, one thing they are fantastic at is finding ways to question integrity. And once you open that door then it starts to become subjective because then people are going to start saying, yes, but this questionable red card cost our team when we went down to 10 men and we conceded two goals. You open that door for people to start having replays, right? Jürgen, you're not the first team. It's just that under VAR, you're the first team, maybe to have it on the scale. But you're not the first team to get a bad VAR decision that cost you a a goal. And you're not the first team in the history of mankind. 
if you ask Man United a couple of years ago, uh, remember it cost them the title when Chelsea got that offside goal. Uh, we were, I mean, the guy was a mile offside. <laughs> and I think it was a Nalka. I can't remember who finished it, but he's a mile offside. Like, <laughs> miles offside. And United, it, it was in the latter stages of the season. If you're a United fan, you'll remember it better than me. But it was against Chelsea. He was a mile offside. And they still gave the Chelsea goal. So, Liverpool are not the first team to have a clear-cut offside cost them a goal. I don't know what we're doing here. And I didn't enjoy that from Jurgen Klopp at all. One of the things we need to start doing is start realizing just because a person's a football manager, it doesn't mean they understand policy, uh, drawing up policies and implementation of those policies. Because, so my sister does, did a master's in in policy implementation in the sort of diplomatic space, you know, and just hearing her talk about it is there is a multitude of things you have to consider one is not just how the policies are going to work within the framework that you're making them for, but what are you, you've got to consider the unintended consequences. And being a football manager, by the way, a high-level football manager, which Jurgen Klopp is, doesn't make him smart in other parts, right? There's sort of the cognitive dissonance that we all have, and it's a sort of correlative disjunct that most of society has, is we think... Just because he's a world-class football manager, he'll understand di- uh, football diplomacy as well. Like, no, 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 no. He, he just understands football strategy and motivating people. Like, he's, he, he, we don't know how philosophically broad um, and considered Jurgen Klopp is. Like, we don't know that. But, it's you know, we do this all the time with ourselves. We think, oh, if somebody's a CEO, there must be a great father as well. We make these correlations right it's false correlations all the time and it's lazy but it's human it's like oh that person's rich so they're a good person you 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 know you know these kinds of things we do like who the shit is Jurgen Klopp like when bro nobody asked you nobody cares or nobody should care what Jurgen Klopp thinks football rules should be Jurgen Klopp is a is a master of understanding the difference between three four three and four three three and the Gagan press versus a low block. He's a master at that. He he doesn't know how to set rules for global companies. What are we talking about? What are we talking? Why why is nobody pushing back on Jurgen Klopp? Like Jurgen. No one needs your opinion on whether you think it should be a replay or not. Nobody, that's not your job. Have a whinge about VAR, but that's where it should end. And don't do passive-aggressive, I'm not angry at anyone, but the only fair way would be a replay. Oh, what are we talking about? Why is nobody saying that? Jürgen, nobody's interested about. Anywho, so that's just my take. Like I, I enjoy Jürgen Klopp less and less now. Because it wasn't his brand in the beginning. He's become... You remember what he used to hate Mourinho for all the time? Remember, Mourinho's been prickly from the beginning. I don't like flip-flop. Be who you are. Jürgen's always done good guy, motivator thing, right? Yeah, you know, he's becoming... I want to have a a passive-aggressive jab in the press. Like, Alex Ferguson's always been a bloody prickly Scottish knob. 
But I appreciate Fergie for that. He was always that. A combative, you know, prickly guy. Mourinho, I mean, when a guy's that young and he comes out, he's, oh, I don't mean to be arrogant, but I, I am a special one in the bottle. <laughs> like, you, you, okay, we know what we're dealing with there. Man's poking people in the eye. Remember, you poked uh, Valverde in the eye, I think it was. <laughs> Incredible stuff. Incredible stuff. But that's Jose, right? Rafa's always been passive-aggressive. He's always been that. Jürgen, what's happened here? A little rebranding. Mr. I'm I'm now, I can now get in your face. You can't get in my face. Get out of my face is what football should be saying. Bloody Jürgen Klopp. I like him less and less. I don't like, I don't mind if people evolve. What you're not allowed to do is display a different core character from what you were like three, four years ago. Remember, he was Mr. Smiley, the crowd guy, and just fighting for the little guy, and I'm not going to spend a hundred million pounds. And Remember, he was Mr. Sanctimonious. The problem when you're Mr. Sanctimonious is now when, when things turn, and now you become Mr. Grumpy Pants, we go, oh, whoa, 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 excuse me. It's like people who who give marriage advice to people, you know, or like, hey, man, a good boyfriend will do this. Next thing, he's got three chicks on the side, and he's like, hey, sometimes it'd be that way, player. No, like, no, no, no. No, 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 no. Like, we don't do that, you know. So not not a big of that. Not not a big fan of old Jürgen Klopp being that oak. I'm not having it. Love to know what you think. MKT inspires. MKT at the MKT shop, by the way. That's a electronic mail. Hoy it in there. Let me know how you feel it. Let me know. How you feeling? So, let's get into the football. Get into the football. Manchester United. Um, here's why Man United fans shouldn't be upset. You know, it's difficult to be a grown-up here in life. So, I'm going to tell you why you shouldn't be upset. For those who are wondering, but why would Man United fans need to be upset? Well, Man United lost 3-2 to Galatasaray last night. Or they lost 3-2 to Galatasaray in the Champions League. Right. Man United have lost 6 out of 10 of their first 10 fixtures, right? 6 out of their first 10 fixtures this season. They've conceded 18 goals in 10 games. That's their worst start since 1966. Galatasaray have existed for 117 years. They hadn't won a game in 117 years of existing. It was their first game won on English soil in 117 years. Everyone's upset. Everyone's emotional. Why? Including the like the, the fans are emotional, the media are emotional. I'm asking myself why? I don't get it. Why are you upset? You know, there's a great philosophical saying, and I and it's a it's a psychoanalytical saying, and I I totally agree with this. By the way, I've been a big proponent of this for a long time. All emotional suffering is directly correlated to this one one thing. All of our suffering as human beings, 
is the gap between the ideal self and the real self. So the gap, so let's say you want to be, I don't know, the, a good boyfriend, just to give it a practical thing, right? So you might think a good boyfriend is on time, uh, doesn't cheat on his girlfriend, and I don't know, is romantic, whatever. But your Friday nights constitute every single Friday, even though she asks you to be home so you can go hiking with her in the morning, you're smashing beers with the boys until 3 a.m. every single Friday, and you're saying sorry every Saturday morning. So the ideal you wants to do those three things, but the real you is smashing beers with the boys. What the boys say? You're closing, you're shutting down Greenhouse or whatever it is where people are jawling. I don't know. Greenhouse is a place in Johannesburg, if you don't know it. I haven't been there, but I hear it's the jam. You see how the ideal self would have been the romantic guy, on-time guy, but the real guy is whipping it, as they say, clapping it. So the gap between the the romantic guy versus the drinking guy, right? That the disparity between those two characters is all human suffering. So if that if you can close that gap, if you can narrow the gap between the ideal self and the real self, you won't be perfectly happy because most people are content, but you'll be closer to self-actualization. All human emotional suffering is the gap between the ideal self and the real self. The ideal self is what we want to be versus the real self who we actually are. Man United have not won the Premier League in 10 years. Since that, Man City have won 6, Chelsea have won 2, Leicester have won 1, and Liverpool have won 1. So that's four different teams, by the way, since Man United last won a Champions League, uh, a, a league title. Four different champions. And in those 10 years, here's the interesting one. In the last 10 years, Man United have finished outside of the top four five times. So that's Europa League. So it's 50% of the last decade Man United have been a Europa League team. Let, let that one sink in. 50%. Five years out of 10, Man United have finished on the Premier League and the league doesn't lie outside of the top four. In the last decade, Chelsea have won two Champions Leagues, Man City have won a Champions League and Liverpool have won a Champions League. Man United fans are suffering from believing that they are still the standard. However, the real truth is that for 20 years, Chelsea have been the gold standard in England. Man City for the last five years, I think it's fair to say, have been the gold standard. Over 20 years, Chelsea are the most successful. In the last five years, in England, it's Man City. For 20 years, Chelsea have been the gold standard. I'm not saying that as a Chelsea fan. I'm saying the trophy cabinet... Because we play professional football to win. In the end, it is all about winning. Chelsea for two decades. Man City for the last five. The pain is that Man United fans and media talk like their club doesn't need a reset. Right? They talk like their club is still 
under Sir Alex Ferguson. They're talking like Roy Keane and Nemanja Vidic exist today. And those guys are setting the dressing room standard. What United are. Ten Hag, Oli, Jose, Ranić, Van Gaal and Moyes are not the issue. A decade of directionless spending. And I said it at the time. Don't let the manager pick the guy who's going to follow him. When they let Fergie pick Moyes, I said, what are you doing? Again, the great football manager, Sir Alex Ferguson, is not an expert in high-level personnel. He's just a football manager. And I get it. I get he's the great Sir Alex Ferguson. But why would you think, because he's a football manager, he would know what other good football managers would be? Because there's a reason in companies... There's a CO, a COO, and an HR person. Those are not the same people. The HR person specializes in identifying... In fact, HR people specialize in identifying CEOs. So why would you think a CEO can identify people better than an HR expert? Why? I I don't understand that. In this case, why did Man United fans think he's a great manager? You You know what else he'll be world class at? Identifying other great leaders what are we doing what were Man United doing it's been directionless it's a billion pound spent in the most directionless way I've ever seen and and by the way I include Chelsea because if you calm down right you've got to give this Chelsea spending four or five years Man United I have a decade of evidence now where it's been directionless David Moyes what were we doing it wasn't Moyes' fault it was Man United's fault the ownership's fault Man United are a Europa League club with history and ego complexes what you did to get yourself here is not enough to get you where you want to go that's just how life works. Your wife doesn't care. Like, here's real life. Your wife doesn't care what you did for your ex. She cares what you're doing for her now. And your wife doesn't reward you for what you did yesterday. She says, you need to be a good husband tomorrow as well. You've got to be a good father tomorrow as well. You don't, you don't get credit in the bank for what you did two weeks ago. You've got to wake up and take the kids to school two weeks later. She still wants you to take on date night if you've got plans. That, like, you don't get credit for doing what you're supposed to do. It's not how it works. Not at the elite level. If you want to be a high-functioning person. There's people who listen to this podcast who know what I'm talking about. If you made 5 million last year, what's your boss going to say? It's 10 million or 8 million the next year. The talk doesn't go down. You've got to keep moving forward. Man United want to be rewarded for what they did in 1999. You're not that club anymore. You're a Europa League club. You know how I know that? Not because I think it's funny to say that about Man United. I mean, it is slightly funny. But 50% of your identity for the last decade, and I think a decade, by the way, that's a third of the existence of the Premier League, for 50% of your existence in the last decade. And in other seasons, by the way, Man United did get relegated to 
the Europa League. But I'm just talking about where the league table said, sorry, you are outside of the top four. That's 50% of the last decade. I'm sorry, guys. If 50% of your behavior is whatever it is, it is who you are. If you are, if half the time in your life you take drugs, you're a drug addict. <laughs> you're a druggie. You can't tell me, yeah, yeah, but I don't, like, you know, from Thursday to Sunday, I don't take heroin. So I'm actually not that bad. No, 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 no. <laughs> that's, that's not how it works. On Thursday to, Thursday to Sunday, I don't cheat on my boyfriend, Sally says. So I'm actually a great girlfriend. No, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> whoa. So half the time you're cheating on your boyfriend. Hmm. You know what I mean? So 50% of the last decade has been mediocre because outside of the top four is mediocre at that level. 1999 is the ideal Manchester United. 2023, six losses in 10, a 3-2 loss to Galatasaray, 18 goals conceded in 10 games, the worst since 1966. The 2023 Man United is the reality. The 1999 treble winning Man United is the ideal. The gap between those two is the Grand Canyon. That's why you're in pain. So Man United fans, you should not be upset. You should accept where you are. And what you need to do is what Arsenal finally saw after 20 years. You've got to give a manager the chance to get rid of the rot. Before you even start building, Mikel Arteta took three years to get rid of Arsene Wenger's loser recruits at the end because the great Arsene Wenger was tired at the end. And he is great, by the way. Do, do not underestimate what Wenger did, but he was tired at the end. And he was useless at the end. Fergie was tired at the end. He was a football genius. But he left that squad bare. And what Moyes got was tired, guys. And Fergie, was, he just didn't have the energy to rebuild that squad one last time. How he won in 2013. It needs to be a PhD study. In greatness of football management. But it was a shambles from there. And it's been a shambles for a decade. And now you need Ten Hag to now root out. And I think those Rashford, Sancho, give him the chance to get rid of it. You remember Arteta got rid of all of them. Kolasinac, uh, Ozil, Rob, whatever his name was, the, the, the centre-back guy. It was just all mediocrity and rotten. And Arteta came in there. And remember, he fought with everybody. And Pepe, Nicola Pepe is gone now. Iwobi is gone now. Remember, he got rid of all of this mediocrity that was around Arsenal. Gabriel, the, the, that other uh, Gabriel, I think he, he sold to Valencia. They, they were some mediocre players. Granit Xhaka had to go. Remember, that was getting ugly. And Mikel Arteta brought in his own guys in an image for the future because he's a manager for the future. 
Eric Ten Hag, listen, you saw that Ajax team. His guys, his way. But right now, he has Martial, Rashford, Luke Shaw. These are all from different eras. Uh, Donny van der Beek. Aaron Wan-Bissaka. These are guys he didn't buy. Harry Maguire. These are three, four generations of horrendous mistakes. You, you can't even see the playing style plan. These are from three or four different eras of mediocre overspending. Harry Maguire is the club captain. Like, that was a positive direction step for Man United, right? So what you've got to do is say, even if we come 10th as Man United, because I know what Man United fans will say, oh, but you shouldn't be angry at us because we have standards. No, 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 no. We know what your standards are, right? You are a Europa League club. You're just in denial. You, you, ever been, you, you ever been with a friend and you say, bro, that chick's terrible. Or you might say, that guy's terrible. Why can't they see it? You're always the last to see your own downfall. The Roman Empire didn't fall from the outside. They got fat and greedy and overspent and fell from the inside. Man United fans will never see it because what you know what they'll tell you? No, we've got a United standard. I say, yeah, for the last decade, the United standard has been Europa League 50% of the time. So we're seeing the United standard. We know what your standard is. You don't. You've had your partner say, oh, you're getting a bit fat. You're like, ah, I'm getting, no, I look fine. You know what I mean? That's United. You're in denial. What's the standard? It's called Europa League. And that's who you actually are, not who you want to be. You want to be 99. You want to have, we are Man United of 99. You are not that. Harry Maguire is your captain, not Gary Pallister. Not Nemanja Vidic, not Roy Keane, not Michael Carrick, not Paul Scholes, not Gary Neville. That was a different time. That's who you want to be. We all remember the guy who peaked in high school. And then he's 35 and he still thinks he's got the goose step, pulls a hamstring. That's Man United. That's Man United. All human emotional suffering is the gap between who we think we are, the ideal self, and who we actually are, the real self. Man United, the gap between 99 and 2023 is the size of the Atlantic. And that's why Man United fans shouldn't be upset. You are a Europa League team, so you are seeing actually exactly what you are. The disaster would be to fire the manager because you're firing him on a standard of 1999 when he's dealing with the reality of Europa 2023 Man United do you know if you don't understand what I'm saying I'll end it off on this Man United are as likely in the last decade to be in the Europa League as they are in the Champions League. That's literally what 50% means. They have been as likely to be in the Europa League as they are in the Champions League. I'll leave you with that. Don't be upset. You're a Europa League team. 
It's okay. There's been four clubs that have won the Premier League since you last did. Chelsea have won the Champions League twice. Liverpool once and Man City once. So that's four English Premier League teams. Or or four victories from the English Premier League in in Europe's finest competition since you last won it. I'm, I'm just like, that's what it is. Love to hear your thoughts. Man United, are they going to fire Ten Hag? Who's to blame? Because that's important. As a Man United fan, who do you think should be blamed? I'll tell you what. I'll finish off on this because I think the standard thing can be quite vague. We don't even know what the standard is at Man United because you keep letting Van Gaal, you let Mourinho, you never let them set the standard because in order for Man United to have a standard now by the man, by the manager he's got to get rid of Sancho he's got to get rid of Maguire he's got to get rid of Lindelof he's got to get rid of Aaron Wan-Bissaka he's got to get rid of Jaden Sancho he's got to get rid of Anthony Martial he's probably got to get rid of Bruno Fernandes who he's made captain but but in reality he'll probably want to change all of these core guys in the dressing room right He's brought in Mason Mount. People go, oh, but he plays the same position as Bruno. I understand what he's doing. Like, I didn't buy Bruno Fernandes. I don't like that. He's not athletic. He's not really dynamic enough. Listen, and and the thing of creating chances, like, I mean, it's because Marcus Rashford shoots from everywhere. They count every chance where somebody shot as a chance. So he hasn't created, actually, I was looking at a chart on Opta. He hasn't created the best quality chances since he's been at United more than anyone. It's just that Marcus Rashford shoots all the time and they count that as a chance, by the way. I did look at that on Opta. I was like, wow, has Bruno really created the be- the most chances? No. Literally, I-, I think it was 63% of them were to Rashford who just shoots all the time. And they count that as a chance, by the way. And Rashford's shooting from the moon. I think he wants to replace Bruno Fernandes with Mason Mount. Because they're a different profile player. Mason Mount gives you the eight ability, the passing ability, plus athleticism. Bruno Fernandes is a statue. He's actually more of a number 10 than he is a number 8. Like, he's a try-hard guy, and he's had some good stats for his first 18 months in the league, but come on. You're at Man United. Effort isn't good enough. We need quality. So the standard thing is, first you need to get rid of the rot, and then you put the foundation. I got some messages on Instagram when I said Man United last season, I said they're five years away from com- competing. If you fire the manager, you start the clock again. So if you let Eric Ten Hag properly run it from now, in five years' time, you'll be in the mix. Because Arteta is still two or three years away, by the way. He's in year four now. He's still two or three years from winning. From winning. When I say competitive, I mean you've got to win. Like Arsenal weren't competitive last season, let's be honest. It's a feel-good story, but do me a favor. Like, Chelsea are not four or five years from competing. Like, Pochettino's not going to get that time. He'll get two years to set the standard. In year three, there's going to be expectations to win it. If not next season already. Because they've been aggressive. They got rid of... I mean, look at the amount of people they got rid of. It was get rid of the rot, get our guys in, get Pochettino's guys in. 
So that's what you're going to have to allow Eric Ten Hag to do. It took Jurgen Klopp five years to win the league. And that was just against City, really. Now you've got to think, Man United have to deal with, Newcastle are coming. Chelsea are here. Man City are here. Liverpool are here. That's just four teams. I'd argue Aston Villa are better than Man United now. You've seen what it is. Tottenham aren't... Don't worry about that. That's going to fade very quickly. But in reality, it's a harder environment now to get good again because there's only so much talent. And now Newcastle are really here. Because Newcastle are in the Champions League, by the way. When Man United go to the Europa League this year, Newcastle are going to make the Champions League. Then what do you do? Because you can't bully Newcastle for money now. And you're not going to be... Oh, we're the Champions League guys. Ideal self, real self. The gap between the two is where all human suffering emotionally lies. All right. This has been the show. You know, in a car. Let me know your thoughts. MKT inspires on all social media. Otherwise, um, remember, jump on the ticker talker. Otherwise, MKT at the MKT show for electronic mail. Love to hear from you. Um, slide in the DMs if you'd like to have your question read on the podcast. Otherwise, um, have the greatest weekend of your lives. Be back on Monday. Pod will be back on Monday, um, which is what, four days' time? Saturday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, four days' time. You better believe it. Hope you're having a good one, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. Whoever you're doing with, oh, 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 hey, hello, hey, who, come on now, come on now, no need for that, you know, adults need to be able to do what adults do, see what I did there, hey, no matter who you're doing it with, hey, who, hey, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the MKT Show, my name is MKT, and for now, I am the hell out of here.